News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero. And back at it. Here we go. You know it's Tuesday night when Alex is ready to go and talk about employment law. Indeed, 613-521-TALK. That is the number, 613-521-TALK, to get your calls here at the radio station. Ask us a question, whether it's about general uh, employment law matters. That's uh, that's fine, like we always talk about and have been for uh, for years here on the show. Or if it's uh, centered around COVID-19, the pandemic, that has been a very hot topic with employment law. That with the CERB and the CESB and everything else that's going on with people getting laid off and the uh, you know the the wage subsidy and everything else it, it's it's confusing big time so so call if you have any questions about it whether you think you're in the middle ground or whether you're trying to apply not sure how to apply or you're not sure how the whole thing works give us a call six one three five two one talk and you can also go to covidrights.ca that is a website the firm has put together a couple months ago and it's uh, it's pretty accurate and some good information there as well so we'll get your phone calls going here again six one three five two one talk we're ready to uh to take flight, so hope you are as well. Alex, brother, you got a couple things to talk about uh, with the week that was. How are you, pal? Hey, John, thanks very much. Always great to be here. Real pleasure. Uh, and as you said, we're live on the air in Ottawa for uh, for the entire hour until 8 p.m. to answer uh, any questions our listeners have about employment law, COVID-19, how that's affecting people in the workplace, whether that's severance or temporary layoffs or workplace safety issues, the CERB benefit. I mean, you know, we can go on and on, John, about... Uh, about all that there is to talk to, really, if it has to do with your job, if you have questions about what your employer can and cannot do, this is the place to be, the Employment Law Show. Listen in over the next hour. Give us a call if you want to talk about your employment situation. We're ready to answer any and all questions you have about uh, what's going on in your workplace. So, you know, like I always said, John, everybody needs to know about their workplace uh, rights, especially uh, given COVID-19 and all that's going on. It's it's an extremely important issue. So with all of that said, let's uh, let's start off this week and get us all warmed up and ready to chat with uh, with the week that was and an opportunity to talk about a couple of matters that, uh, that came across my desk this week. First matter, John, um, and actually, you know, I, I have to say over the past two months or so, I've spoken to literally dozens of employees on this specific issue, John, and it has to do with pay reductions. Mm-hmm. A lot of employees are uh, are being asked by their employers to take pay reductions. Some of those are temporary. Some of those are permanent. Employers are, are, are kind of laying them out in different ways. And lots of people have questions, and so I wanted to touch on this issue uh, to begin. Um, so as a starting point for this kind of analysis, so when we're talking about any kind of significant change to an employee's terms of employment, and obviously pay is the most fundamental term of an employee's employment, uh, the starting point is an employer is not allowed to make a significant change to an employee's pay without that employee's consent. They cannot unilaterally force that kind of change. Otherwise, that employee has the right to treat that as what we call a constructive dismissal. A constructive dismissal is basically a breach of contract. The employer is trying to change the employee's terms of employment so much that the employee can say, no, thank you, I'm going to walk away, resign, and get my severance package because I'm not agreeing to this major change. So that's the starting point. Now, in situations like COVID-19, where an employee is being asked to reduce their income, maybe temporarily, John. So they're asking, Mm -hmm. you know, employers, I've seen lots of time asking for, to reduce an employee's pay by 25%. 
Uh, they're saying we're reducing your pay by 25%. It's a temporary measure. Uh, you know, we're going to revisit this in two months' time, and hopefully we'll be able to bring everybody back to normal at that point in time. In a case like that, John, that is actually potentially uh, legal, meaning a 25, even a 25% pay cut, if it's only over a two-month period of time, that's uh, that's not necessarily a significant enough change right. over the course of that entire year. I mean, it might turn out to a 5% change in your pay over the course of the entire 12 months, and that might not be significant enough to be a constructive dismissal. So you want to be careful as an employee that, listen, maybe you might have to agree to that temporary reduction in pay, but you want to make it very, very clear to your employer that it's for a very limited period of time. Uh, meaning for a period of, you know, whether it's a couple of pay periods or a couple yeah. of months, you want to set a clear end date on that pay reduction. And you also want to make clear to your employer that you're not agreeing to this uh, pay cut as a permanent term of your employment. Because a 25% reduction in your pay permanently as an employee, you know what, is going to be a considered a constructive mm-hmm. dismissal. And if you accept that change, guess what, you're in big trouble. Uh, you, you know, if you get terminated... Uh, a week later or a month later or even a day later and we saw HBC at the Hudson's Bay Company yep. get into that trouble this week uh, you know if you get terminated guess what your severance entitlements might be that new reduced pay not what, you, not what your full pay used to be so it's a situation you've got to be really really careful about and watch out for as an employee you can play ball when it comes to a temporary pay cut, but you want to make sure there's a specific deadline on it. You want to make sure that you're not agreeing to that permanently. And listen, ideally, employers should be offering that as a deferral of pay, meaning they could pay you back what you lost during that period rather than an actual cut. The number uh, 613-521-TALK, 613-521-8255. That is the number to call through uh, till 8 o'clock with your questions about uh, this, either COVID-19 matters or regular employment law matters. We're answering those as well. What else you got going on, pal? Second matter, John, I'll, I'll get through quickly because we're running up against mm-hmm. the clock here. I actually spoke to a lady just yesterday, um, yeah, Monday, uh, yesterday, a very nice lady who unfortunately lost her job uh, after 10 years. She's been given a couple of months' uh, notice of her termination, so her last day is is sometime in May. Uh, and the company made her a severance offer on top of that. And the reason why I wanted to talk about her situation is, you know, as employment lawyers, John, we handle all sorts of different kinds of employment disputes, mm-hmm. whether they're COVID-related or harassment in the workplace or employee misconduct. But really the bulk of our work... Uh, is negotiating severance packages for employees and sometimes negotiating for employers uh, as well. But I wanted to give an example of these kinds of situations because we see them day in and day out. And, and, and really, you know, I wanted to illustrate to our listeners the kind of value that we provide in assessing and negotiating these kinds of severance packages because, you know, and we say it time and time again on the show, John, but w- when it literally puts tens of thousands of dollars in uh, an employee's pocket, that feels really good. Uh, you know, in the job that we do, getting those employees what they're actually owed is really meaningful. And so in this lady's case, again, she was a 10-year employee, 60 years old, working in the position uh, of of finance manager. And so she, she was uh, offered a total of six months as a severance package. And she thought that was you know, relatively reasonable. She was almost prepared to accept it. She just wanted had mm-hmm. a couple of questions about benefits and, and exactly how they calculated that six months, whether the notice counts. 
And right. and what I ultimately told her, John, is, I mean, listen, you know, the six-month offer is actually less or, or right about half what she's actually owed. As a 10-year finance manager who's 60 years old, she is looking easily, John, at a 12-month severance package. <laughs> and so that difference, John, between what she was offered and what she's owed, I mean, it's 50 grand effectively. It's something in Huge. the range of about $50,000. If somebody asked you, hey, would you accept a deal to buy this car for $50,000 more than than what it's actually worth. I mean, you know, obviously you would say no to that. In a situation mm-hmm. like this, would you re- sign off on a severance package that's $50,000 less than what you're actually owed? No way. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And so we're going to be assisting this lady getting the severance package that she's owed. And it actually won't be that difficult. These are relatively straightforward severance negotiations. And again, an example of the kind of work that we do here and the value that, that we provide for uh, for the people that we speak with. We'll uh, take a short break. Good stuff to start off there. You want to call through with your uh, employment questions, uh, severance questions, COVID-19 questions. Maybe you're off work. Maybe you're not sure how it's all coming down. Uh, the answers are to be asked here. The questions asked here and the answers here as well. 613-521-TALK is that number. We'll continue. Employment Law Show right here. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is uh, 719, still tons of time for you to call in, ask your questions, 613-521-TALK, whether it's uh, normal employment matters, you've just been let go, or maybe you're an employer and you're not sure how to handle this whole COVID-19 pandemic thing with the CERB or the CESB. If you're a student and you had a summer job lined up and now that's... uh, Dust in the wind. Uh, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Six one three five two one. Talk. We'll get to our uh, first call for this lovely Tuesday evening. That would be Tony. Hey, Tony. Thanks for uh, standing by. How are you, pal? Hey, Tony. Oh, hi. Um, I I have uh, like I work in a company for uh, three years, and um, all of a sudden a little minor incident happened, and the next day they called me. And terminate me right on the spot oh. with uh, only two uh, two weeks pay, and no written uh, notice, uh, no nothing, just like that. Did they give you a reason for the termination, Tony? No. Okay, and and when did this happen? Uh, two weeks ago. Okay, um, and they it sounds like they've offered you two weeks of of pay as a three year employee, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So. This is uh, a situation that, uh, you know, unfortunately we see lots, uh, uh, Tony, which, which is, you know, even as a three-year employee, which some would consider, you know, not a, not a significant amount of time, uh, you're owed well, well above just two weeks of pay, uh, Tony, as a, as a reasonable severance package, especially if no notice was provided. Uh, two weeks is not even the minimum required for a three-week employee. So let me ask you a few few questions, Tony. So we know you were with the company for three years. What were you doing with the company? What was your position? Uh, delivery driver. Delivery driver. And how old are you, Tony? Uh, 52. 52. So in your situation, again, as a three-year employee, early 50s, as a delivery driver, you're going to be looking at something, I would say, in the four- to five-month range as a severance package. Not weeks, Tony, months uh, uh, as severance. So the two weeks that they've offered you 
pales in comparison, obviously, to four or five months of pay. Uh, and listen, again, this is not an un, uh, you know an uncommon situation. Unfortunately, we see lots of employers let employees go like this, offer way too little severance, and hope that the employee just walks away. So what I would advise you to do, Tony, Tony is don't walk away. Give us a call off air. Uh, we'll get in touch with your employer. We'll make sure you get the right, uh, the appropriate amount of severance. Get the severance that you're actually uh, uh, owed, because especially in a in a situation like this with the current state of the economy, you're probably going to need that extra income. I, you know, it's it's going to be tough to find the job out there. So, John will give you the number. Tony, give us a call off air. I'd like to talk to you privately, get some more details about your situation, review the documents, any kind of contract that you would have signed or. Or, or whatnot, and uh, let us help you out with this. Let us get us get you the actual severance that you're owed. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate the call. Enjoy the rest of your uh, evening, rest of your week. Stay safe. That number um, that Alex mentioned, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, pal, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You want to reach out through email, just as easy, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for the remainder of the time here until 8 o'clock, it is uh, 613- Five two one talk to call in just like uh, just like Tony did. Severance myths during COVID nineteen. Let's run through a bunch of these while we got to, got some time. Number one is this: uh, you only receive one or two weeks per year spent at the company. That is number one for sure. It is, and we just saw it, John, with uh, yep. with our friend Tony who called in. Um, you know, and I wanted to talk about a couple of the issues that we're seeing. You know, now that we get kind of uh, several weeks and and now months into into this crisis, we're starting to see patterns appear, and we're starting to see the same kind of questions and the same kind mm-hmm. of issues uh, uh, come up. And, and listen, severance remains one of those key issues, which is, you know, employers continue, uh, you know, to to offer less and sometimes significantly less severance than uh, as compared to what an employee is actually owed. So a lot of times we'll see that one or two week per year of service offer. And I mean, in Tony's case, we, it wasn't even a week per year of service. They offered him two weeks for a three-year employee, which is actually, John, a breach of the Employment Standards Act. Right. But, you know, we'll get into that with Tony's employer. Um, but, you know, even an offer at one or two weeks per year of service it, it, it's still not enough. It's still not going to be enough severance for almost every single employee who's now facing a brutal job market, uh, you know, a very difficult economy. Every employer out there isn't all that keen to hire, uh, except that, you know, for the rarest of rarest employers, probably in the, you know, in the, uh, in, in the medical field and, and industry. But, you know, uh, severance is not going to be based on that one or two week per year of service mark. It's going to be based on an employee's age, position, and years of service. And it's probably going to equal months per year, yeah. uh, not weeks per year, uh, John. So, again, take the example of Tony's situation. Three-year employee in his early 50s as a delivery driver, which you can consider, you know, a laborer position effectively, he's mm-hmm. going to be looking at, you know, at least a, a month per year of service, if not a touch more, uh, something in the range of four uh, months. And, and that's just simply the way it works. If you're a 10-year employee, you're going to be looking at something in that range, probably in the one-year range as a severance package. Yeah. And so for employees out there who are faced with these severance offers, of two weeks per year of service, or even three weeks per year of service, quite frankly. You need to get advice from an employment lawyer. You need to have that package reviewed before you sign off. 
because you need to know what your full entitlements are. And those entitlements, again, are going to be based on age, position, and years of service. And I can almost guarantee, John, that 9 out of 10 of those severance offers for all employees out there are going to be deficient. They're going to be far less than what an employee is actually uh, owed. And we're continuing to see that throughout COVID-19. And, and the unfortunate reality is we, we might see it, see it more as we go mm-hmm. through this ordeal simply because employers are going to want to batten down the hatches. They're going to want to pay as little as possible, cut as much cost as possible. And unfortunately, that might mean that employees are going to be offered less severance. It's the employee's job and our job on behalf of those employees to make sure that they get what they're owed. And I think even under normal circumstances, I mean, the reason they offer less is is twofold, and that is they uh, they can generally nine out of ten times probably get away with it. Most people won't be smart enough, or at least don't have the knowledge to come see a guy like you and get it corrected. They just think, oh, the, the employer must know it's the big bad corporation; they know what I'm supposed to get, so they walk away. Or number two, maybe the employer is just not that sophisticated; don't have uh, you know a rich HR uh, team, and they, they don't know what they're supposed to offer on their end too, right? Yeah, and listen, that second, you know, that second point I can understand, right? If yep. if an employer is unsophisticated and maybe they just, you know, they look up what an employee's minimum entitlements might be mm-hmm. under the Employment Standards Act and offer that, listen, I get it. That that employer needs more an education than anything else and once that employer is educated on what an employee's actual severance entitlements are, then, you know, they'll 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 pay up and and you know, uh and offer yeah. a fair package. Um but you know, the, you know, actually, from what from what I'm seeing, and I'm glad that we do the show on a weekly basis, and I'm glad that uh, that we have the TV show out there and the Pocket Employment Lawyer, PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, lots of people accessing all of those resources. I'm actually glad to see that more and more employees are uh, are taking a, a stance and are and are just kind of stopping short of signing that that severance offer on the spot on the spot and they are contacting us which is great and that's what we want to see if we can tell those employees yep that's a fair offer you should be accepting that that is a blessing john i would be more than happy to tell as many employees as possible that they've got a fair offer and that everything's good and you know you, you have my blessing you could sign off on the severance offer but you're right. You know, the unfortunate reality is that I don't actually say that all that much, John. Not because I don't yeah. want to, but because again, a lot of the mm-hmm. packages we see are are deficient. So, and, and listen, that has to be step number one. Step number one has to be whatever yeah. your severance package is, whether you think it's great, whether you think it's terrible, whatever the circumstances of your termination are, you need to speak with an employment lawyer first before signing off. Don't let a deadline pressure you. Don't let your employer pressure or your boss pressure you into signing. Take it home with you. Take a breath and give us a call. We'll be able to tell you exactly what you need to know uh, based on what your situation is. By the way, employmentlawyer.ca, go there if you want to find the past episodes and where you can catch our TV show and past radio shows as well. To call in, still got time. We'll take a short break here as we uh, creep up on 730. It's a 613-521-TALK. That is the number and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue here with Alex. Lots more to come. Give us a call. Love to talk to you. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro on News Talk 580 CFRA. 734 and uh, welcome back. Employment Law Show reaching out. 613-521-TALK is the number to call in. You have concerns about COVID-19 and your job. Maybe you've been laid off. Maybe you're thinking about it. Maybe you're a boss having to do it. 
you're not sure how to navigate the difference between EI and the CERB. Maybe you're a student, you're looking at the CESB. It's There's tons of stuff, and it's always changing. The government's, uh, you know, it's an organic thing, man. It's never been done before, so it is confusing. Feel free to call through with any of your questions. Don't be bashful. 613-521-TALK. Want to drop an email? That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And anytime you want to get more information when uh, we're not on the air here, covidrights.ca as well. In the meantime, severance myths during COVID-19. Number two as follows. You're not owed severance because there was a good reason to terminate your employment. Yeah, and another question and and uh, issue that's coming up lots in our conversations with employees, uh, John, which is uh, they're coming to us with the impression almost that they're having to accept lesser severance package packages, or even in some situations accept zero severance because of this situation. So, um, you, you know, employers are, are are either claiming that they don't have enough funds to pay pop, proper severance packages. Some employers are claiming that because of the situation, they don't owe any severance, which is you know, quite quite frankly, ridiculous, uh, uh, John. And, and so this is a myth that I wanted to bust. So the reality is, and we've said this on the show plenty of times before over the past few months, that our, our employment laws haven't changed at all here, uh, uh, John. The rules are still the rules. Mm-hmm. The rules haven't changed when it comes to employment law, whether that's layoffs or harassment in the workplace or, or workplace health and safety, uh, and especially when it comes to severance. So if an employer is closed and, and out of business, or if they're struggling financially, or if the employee hasn't maybe behaved perfectly and has been you know, particularly stressed during this time, that employer doesn't get a discount if it terminates an, employ- uh, an employee's employment. Severance is going to be the same. It's going to be based on age, position, and years of service, and an employer doesn't get a discount because of COVID-19 or mm-hmm. this situation. Actually, I would say that it's the opposite, and the courts as well would say that it's the opposite. Because of this current situation and because of the economic consequences that it's having, because the job market is really rough right now and businesses are not in a position to be hiring, it actually gives us the argument and gives us the ability to say, you know what, severance packages should actually be greater than they usually are because... The reality is, and the way the law works is, severance is meant to hold employees over until they right. can find new work. That's the whole purpose of severance. That's why the, that's why the law around severance uh, developed and why we assess age, position, and years of service. Because the older an employee is, the longer they've been with the same employer, and the more senior their position is, the longer it's going to be able to, it's going to take them to be able to find work. And in a situation where the job market is poor and we have a recessed economy, our courts have said in, in actually you know publicly uh, available decisions, the courts have said that a, a severance period should be extended mm-hmm. because of economic circumstances. So it's actually the opposite than what we're hearing. It's not the case that employers get a discount on severance because of the situation. Actually, the employees should be receiving more than usual because of this situation. So it's a myth that I wanted to that I wanted to bust on this show. And again, it's a question that we're receiving lots. So hopefully that's answered questions for employees and employers out there uh, as, as well. It's important to consider these circumstances from both sides of the table. Again, 613-521-TALK to call for the uh, remaining time of the show here at the station. would love to talk to you. If you'd like to speak to Alex off air at any other time, uh, something a little more private, that's fine. one 855 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Talking about severance myths during COVID-19. Number three is short service employees get a very small amount of severance. No, no, no.
not true. Yeah, that's right. And 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 again, similar to the to, to the last myth that, that we busted, John, it, it's actually the opposite that's yeah. true. So short service employees. Uh, and listen, this is not because I'm saying it, John. Again, this is what you know. This is what the courts have said. This is the way the law works. Short service employees are actually owed and entitled to proportionately greater periods of severance mm-hmm. and more severance than compared to longer term employees. So you might be a one year employee, but you're going to be looking at you know potentially two, three, four, five, even sometimes six months as a severance package as a one year employee, one year employee, or even two year employee. You know, again, that's proportionately more than what a three or four or five year employee would potentially get. So, you know, we have to remember uh, length of service is only one factor. We do also have to take into consideration an employee's age, the position that we've they've done, and certainly if they were in a managerial position or in a in a senior position, even mm-hmm. a short service employee is going to be looking at several months as a severance package and again the job market plays a role as well the job market dictates how long uh, an employee how long it's going to take an employee to find alternate employment and the longer that takes the more severance an employer is going to owe so again you could be a one or two year employee and be looking at months and months of severance don't fall under the trap and don't be convinced by an employer who tells you well because you're a one year employee you only get one week of pay or even because you're a one-year employee, you only get one month of pay. Not yeah. the case at all. And and again, you're going to be owed way more than that, most likely. So make sure you have that package reviewed, even as a short-term employee. Listen, you could be a three-month employee, John, and still have three months severance pay coming to you. So again, right. it goes back to what we say all the time. You've got to get those packages reviewed. Don't sign anything on, on, on the spot. Even if you're a short service employee, don't don't just assume that the company can get away with paying the minimal minimal amount of severance. It's just not the way it works at law. And a good place to start, actually, would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The uh, severance pay calculator is, is wound right into that website. So much more information there as well. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free. It's anonymous. And if you want to carry through with uh, some contact, there's a yellow contact button at the top right. You can get a hold of Alex. Uh, from there. But here and now, 613-521-TALK. That is the number to call through with your questions about anything COVID-related or otherwise. In the meantime, talking about severance mystery COVID-19. Next one is this. Uh, you lose your rights if you don't accept an offer by an employee's severance pay deadline. The old Friday at 3 thing, huh? That's right. The the old you've got to sign by or else. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, listen, another situation where you know, we see employees fretting all the time about these deadlines. And and you know what? Fair enough. When you get a letter that's, you know, a formally on company letterhead and you've just been let go and tensions are high and you're obviously upset. And then at the end of that letter, you see, you know, in bold, some sort of like strict deadline with a with an actual time on it that it says, you know, Friday at five or mm-hmm. this date at by five, by no later than 5 p.m. You know, you, your, your heart starts to race a little bit and, and you get worried. Uh, the reality is, uh, uh, John, that again, COVID or not COVID, those deadlines don't mean anything. Yeah. Your severance entitlements, the way the law works, doesn't change just because an employer has put a specific deadline on it. If that deadline passes, it doesn't mean the analysis is any different afterwards. It's still going to be based on age, position, and years of service, and that offer still represents what it represents, which is likely not enough. And and so what I like to tell the people that I speak to is, you know, listen, em- employers put deadlines for a reason. They want to resolve matters in a relatively 
quick, sure. orderly way. And I can respect that, you know. And I think as an employee, you probably want to, want to get this matter resolved quickly, anyways. Mm -hmm. That sure. doesn't mean you have to accept the company's offer by that deadline. Ideally, you want to have a, a counter offer or a response to the company by that deadline. Listen, if if you're meeting their deadlines, if they if they provide a deadline of Friday at five, and you know we contact the company before then and say, hey, we appreciate the offer, but it's not enough. Here's why, and here's our counter proposal. A company will respect that. A company will appreciate the fact that we got back to them within their deadline, and the ball keeps rolling. The negotiations uh, keep going, and hopefully, the matter is resolved quickly. And actually, usually, the the matter is resolved typically quickly. But do not make a decision as an employee on a severance offer. Do not actually value how much the offer is and make a decision as to whether to accept it or not on the basis of that deadline because you're 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 considering a factor you're considering an arbitrary deadline that is meaningless that doesn't actually impact what you wrote it doesn't actually impact the the analysis so if you're facing a deadline like that you want to probably try and speak with an employment lawyer before that deadline and get the ball rolling on your matter before that deadline but don't make a decision based on that deadline if you do you're going to end up signing that document it's going to end up costing you thousands and thousands of dollars for sure uh, and and something that we're seeing in this situation especially nowadays is employees really John and listen legitimately so being worried about their finances you know I want to make sure that I've get, I'm getting my pay for the next little while I want to make sure oh, yeah. that this matter gets ripped, wrapped up as quickly as possible mm -hmm. I don't want to go a long period of time without pay that's okay we can handle that even within that deadline but don't just accept the offer because you're worried about it. That, that's and the wrong move, and again, it'll end up costing you tens of thousands of dollars. You, got, you got really have two years, not that you'd wait two years, but you have two years to, to get this thing finalized anyway, right? That's exactly right. You have yeah. uh, what we call a limitation period, which is two years from the date of your termination or the date of, let's say, a constructive dismissal. So in the case right. of a layoff, if you're considering that a termination, uh, which you certainly could in, in, in lots of circumstances, let's keep in mind temporary layoffs, uh, are illegal in lots of cases. You have t you have ten days from that date, or from your termination date. Sorry, not ten days, two years rather from that date, from your date of termination, to actually pursue uh, a severance. So it's far more than any company will ever actually give you. Short break and coming right back with more uh, severance myths during COVID nineteen. That ends uh, full calls. You got time six one three five two one talk. We got lines open. Feel free to, uh, to give us a ring if uh, you want to check it out as well. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. This is Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with Employment Lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. You still got some time if you want to pick up a phone and ask a question. 613-521-TALK is the way to do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get to some emails here shortly. If you haven't used it yet, it's uh, it's pretty timely and pretty robust as far as websites that are uh, necessary are concerned. I'm talking about covidrights.ca put together by the firm. You can check it out any time. And if you're wondering, just as a matter of fact, what your severance would be, maybe you did get let go, maybe you were laid off because of COVID-19, and you don't want to go back. You want to get your severance, you can do so. Check out Severance Pay Calculator at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. So there you go. We're going to uh, get down to some emails here, I think, and uh, get to Lisa, which I think she's got a COVID question, by the way. Lisa says, I'm a marketing manager 
For a local company, the company is implementing a number of measures because of COVID-19, the first being telling us to take two vacation days per week for the month of May. Am I obliged to accept this? Yeah, interesting situation, and again, one we're seeing uh, we're seeing not not often, but but often enough, John. Which is yep. employers are asking employees to take vacation days. Uh, they've you know whether that's been March, April, or even or, or even May, in order to you know hold everyone over until they can get through the situation. They're asking employees to use vacation pay, and the reality is, John, in in most cases, unless an employer is really trying to take advantage. Uh, of the situation and, and have those employees go completely without pay or, or do something untowards and, and contrary to the Employment Standards Act, generally speaking, an employer is allowed to dictate when an employee can take vacation. Mm-hmm. So for for Lisa and anyone else wondering whether they have to take this kind of vacation during this time, and especially a reasonable, reasonable request like taking uh, kind of two days uh, per week for a limited period of time, and let's, you know, I, I think she said the month of May, you know right. what, that's not an unreasonable solution to this uh, problem. An employer is allowed to dictate when an employee can take a vacation, and so I'd have to tell her, yes, uh, you're obligated to accept something like that. Hopefully that's the extent of it, right? Hopefully there's no more pay cuts, no layoffs or anything like that. If this is the extent of what Lisa has to do uh, during this period to make sure that she continues in her employment and everything you know, remains in place, then that's not a bad outcome, I don't think, uh, uh, John, and I would advise her to, to go for it. Other than the other than the pay cut in Lisa's situation or anybody else, where has the employer really overstepped their boundary as far as what they can ask of when it comes to COVID nineteen? I know a pay cut, a significant one, as you says, right away is a constructive dismissal. What other things can't they do? Do you think? Yeah, well, listen, I I, I actually spoke with someone, uh, uh, John, who was temporarily laid off. And still, mm-hmm. and, and uh, kind of early on, this had happened only a couple of weeks ago, and they were still contemplating whether they wanted to accept the temporary layoff. Right. Um, and, and we've spoken about this lots on the show over the past few weeks, but an employer, an employee doesn't necessarily have to accept a temporary layoff. They can treat that as a termination, get their se- the severance that they're owed, and, and move on to new employment. But this employee was actually still kind of wondering, oh, should I accept it? Should I not accept it? And at the same time that they were at home lay, uh, laid off receiving the C benefit, the employer was reaching out and asking her to do odd jobs here and there and basically still work, still answer emails, still go pick up items uh, for for her work. And and, uh, I mean, I was just shocked that you can tell an employee, listen, go home, we're not going to pay you, you know, we're we're putting you on the bench, but at the same time asking that employee to work. And guess what? Not offering any pay for that time. Uh, And the employer was basically saying, listen, you're lucky that you're laid off and that you still have a job. You might as well just do these couple of items for me. It'll, you know, it's It'll be a great help. And so, you know, we, we have in some cases, and I won't say it's it's all or even the majority of cases. I think most employers are doing what they can uh, in large part. But we have some employers out there that are taking advantage of the situation and, and, you know, reaching beyond what would be reasonably required and reasonably expected of an employer. And listen, having your cake and eating it too in the form of, at, you know, laying off an employee temporarily, but then asking them to still do some work from home here and there is just yeah. wrong. I mean, it's a huge problem, and and ultimately you'd get in trouble with the Ministry of Labor in a situation like that. And again, a temporary layoff might may very well be a termination anyway. In which case, you'd owe that, owe that employee severance. Let's get to our man Will here through the email. The email address anytime, uh, whether we're on the air or not, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Will says, guys, I worked uh, for a company. 
for four years in a sales position and it was just like go. They consider me to be an independent contractor. I worked exclusively for them, full-time, but did not have an office, and I paid my own expenses and gave uh, them invoices. Am I entitled to severance? Yeah, and a situation we, we see, you know, in COVID or not COVID, this is a situation that comes across our desk all the time, which is uh, people that are called independent contractors and they want to know whether they're actually independent contractors yeah. or not. And, and they usually come to us, John, when they've been let go. Uh, so an employer will, will say, listen, uh, you know, we're, we're discontinuing your services, as they say, or we're not renewing the contract is the language they'll often use. Uh, you know, it's been fun. We don't actually owe you anything because you're an independent contractor. And, and I think rightfully so, a lot of those contracts will say, well, hold on a sec. This doesn't really feel right. It doesn't feel like they could just let me go for nothing. And so they come to see us and, and I would say actually most of the time, the advice that we give these independent contractors, quote unquote, is actually, you know what, you're not an independent contractor. And so let's, you know, in, in Will's case, if he's been with the same company for four years, if he's in a sales position and probably holding himself out as a representative of the company, right? I mean, if you're in sales, you're probably saying, hi, I'm Will from so-and-so company. I'd like to sell yep. you these items. Uh, you know, if, if that's what you're doing and if you're working full-time for them, meaning you're not, you know, you're not a, a contractor in the true sense of the word and that you have multiple clients at any given time. You know, we think of the plumber as the, as sure. the prototypical independent contractor who goes from job to job and, and client to client. You know, if you're working exclusively for one company, you know, to be honest, I don't actually care that you pay your own expenses. Employees can pay their own uh, can pay their own expenses. Uh, I don't care if you gave them invoices. I don't even care if you if you know you has a, have a sole proprietorship. If you've been working for the same company exclusively for four years and holding yourself out as a representative of that company, and maybe even uh, you know using their tools or, or using their uh, their office equipment, even if you don't have an office in the actual building, guess what? You're going to be considered an employee in the eyes of the law. I don't care what your contract says. I don't care what the employer is calling you. You are an employee. And as a result, you're going to be owed severance. If you're a four-year salesperson, you're probably, and I don't, you know, age uh, isn't a huge factor here. You're probably going to be looking at six months of severance as a as a four-year uh, salesperson. Something in that range, I would say, very easily and, and almost certainly. Uh, and so, you know, six months of severance compared to zero being kicked out the door as an independent contractor yeah. is going to be a, a huge amount of money. Salespeople make pretty good incomes, generally speaking. And so that might be, uh, you know, tens of thousands, if not even potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you just can't let an employer get away with that. I mean, it's it, it's not a situation that you want to be in. You need to pursue that matter and you need to pursue it as soon as possible. So, you know, Will, I, I'd encourage you to reach out to us and, and give us a call. We could probably handle this situation with a little bit of no negotiation with this employer and get it resolved, uh, you know, relatively quickly. I mean, a minimum, you sound like you'd be at least a dependent contractor, wherein he's a contractor, but, you know, that this particular company would be responsible for the vast majority of his income. Again, he would be owed severance, right? Yep. That, that's a great point, John, and I'm glad oh. I'm glad you raised it. There's this third category uh, of, of worker that, that's developed through the law, and it's called a dependent contractor, meaning maybe even in the eyes of the law or in the eyes of CRA, you might be considered a contractor in that kind of true sense of the word, but if you're still dependent, 
dependent on only one employer, if you're still only dependent on one client, let's say as a, as a contractor, you may very well still be owed what we call reasonable notice of your termination or reasonable severance package. And mm-hmm. so, that, you know, that's an, another option. So whether you fall under the bucket of employee or dependent contractor, as you put it, John, guess what? You're still going to be owed uh, you're still going to be owed a reasonable severance package, and and that's great. It just means that uh, that uh, the employee's odds of obtaining a severance package in a case like this are you know much much higher than they would otherwise be. We always say that too. If it was just that simple, every you know employer on the planet would just have a bunch of contractors. They wouldn't hire anybody. They would skirt the law just by doing that. Obviously, it's not that simple because I would never have to give anybody severance. I wouldn't have to give anybody this, anybody that. It would just it would just free up all kinds of freedoms. That's not the case. It doesn't work like that, right? Exactly, and and wouldn't yeah. that be ideal for all employers, John? To just call everybody independent contractors. <laughs> the law is way way smarter than that. You're not going to be able to get away with just calling something a name and then and getting away with paying that that employee less than what they would otherwise be owed. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the actual nature of the relationship. You have to look at the yeah. substance and not the form. Gotcha. Well, uh, a couple minutes to go. I'll slide in Melissa's email quick. She says, hi, guys. I've been off work for three years due to a medical condition. My doctor has now cleared me to return to work, but the company says my position no longer exists. What are my rights? Yeah, difficult and and interesting situation here for uh, for Melissa. The first question I would have is, okay, well, does her position truly no longer exist? If her if her position has actually been abolished, and it's not the case that she's been replaced, if she's been replaced, we've got a problem because she is oh she is uh, actually mandated by the Employment Standards Act to be able to return to that position. Um, if uh, the position has actually been abolished. If you know, if she was previously a receptionist, for example, and the company no longer has a reception, well, the employer then would have the obligation to place her in a comparable position. So they can't necessarily just let her go. They have to actually make efforts to say, okay, what else can Melissa do here uh, within the company? Because if they just decide to let her go just like that, kind of blindly without even considering that, that may very well be considered discrimination and a human rights violation, and the company then has a big problem. Because not only will the company then owe Melissa severance, they're probably going to owe her additional damages for human rights violations because mm-hmm. they did not make efforts to, to look for another job for her or, or you know make any kind of efforts to accommodate. So employers in a situation like this have to be really, really careful. If, an empl- if a position has truly, truly been a- abolished, make efforts to look for another position that this employee can fit in and hopefully find one for that employee. Nice. If you're terminating an employee because of a disability or, or who's returning from disability, that is going to be viewed as a human rights complaint and you may very well have to pay way more than just a severance package good for another night my friend and uh, off you go you want to reach out now that we're done one 821 5900 is the phone number to use email is help at employmentlawyer.ca covidrights.ca is a good website and finally pocketemploymentlawyer.ca anytime at all and then reach out to alex after that we'll catch you next time employment law show news talk 580 cfra